Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we start a brand new series that we're calling Doing. Uh, and it's all about following Jesus. It's all about um, what disciples do. And we're going to use the gospel of Matthew as sort of our foundation as we get rolling in this thing. We'll take a couple of weeks, the sort of introduction, but that's where we'll be heading. And, and uh, um, the, the life is, is really found as we follow Jesus and do what he showed us to do. And that's what we're going to be talking about in the weeks ahead. Let's hop in today with our scripture reading. John chapter 13, verses 13 through 17. This is out of the message paraphrase, and it says this. You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so, that is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So this series is called Doing What Do Disciples Do? And right up front, I want to make sure of this, that you understand that what we're doing isn't about our salvation. We're not trying to earn favor with God. Um, what sets Christianity apart is that it's not about doing as far as our salvation goes because all that was needed for that has been done at the cross. Salvation is a gift freely given, not earned. What we're gonna talk about in this series is our response to what has been done for us and what that response should look like. Uh, and in our last series, um, you know, as we, we looked at Naturally Supernatural Living, and one of the messages, or two of the messages, we talked about the Last Supper. And I, I said to you that Jesus at the Last Supper was kind of summarizing his ministry for his guys, and, and so that they, you know, look, this is what we did, and, and you need to catch this, because at the Last Supper, he was kind of in the last few days of his earthly ministry with them. And he said something that's Really important, I read it in the paraphrase, I wanna read the verse. Uh, this is John 13, 17 in the NIV. Jesus said to them, look, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And, and what he says there is really significant for those of us who choose to follow Christ, because what he's saying that if, if we do what he demonstrated, we'll be blessed. And I think that everybody likes the sound of being blessed. Um, uh, that word is translated, and it means happy and fortunate. And I, I don't even think I need to take a survey. Um, all of us are into that, right? I mean, if that's, that sounds good, doesn't it? A happy and fortunate life. And, and Jesus actually tells us how to find that life, and that we find that life by doing what he did. See, that's, that's why it's so important to understand what it means to be a disciple and what that looks like in our lives. And so we have to sort of start, and we're always talking about this, checking out our perspective, because our perspective, our idea of what happiness and fortune look like have really been messed up by our culture. Because we have this idea that happy and fortunate lives are all about having. And yet we've discussed in length, we did a whole series on this, that life isn't found in having, life is found in being. And we talked about the importance of being in relationship with God and others, that that's where life is really found. And yet the culture thinks it's about having. 
And remember, I told you things like we went from 1960 having no public storage space to now having two billion square feet of this stuff and a TV show about people that go and buy that stuff when people forget about it. Um, things have changed dramatically in our culture. You know, we're the only, we're, there's hardly anywhere else in the world where people have to have extra places to put their stuff. Um, you know, most people don't have stuff. Most, you know, we, we, see, we get so messed up here. You know, we have, a, we have a thing in this country called spare change. And almost everybody, you know, has spare change. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, spare change. Do you, don't, do you know that like 90% of the world has no idea of what that concept means? Spare change? What do you mean? There's just change. There's just money. There's nothing spare about it. There's no extra floating around in a basket or in a bucket or in a bowl or, you know, even we think, oh, that's really nothing. So we don't have a clue because everything's all jumbled up in the way that we look at life. And so since, since we know that, that it's not about having, it's about being, but being in relationship with God and others ultimately should spring forth a life of doing. And that's when it all begins to sort of gel together. That's when it all really begins to take on a whole different concept. That's when we, we really start to become disciples. See, a disciple uh, is, is what we're going to talk about. Someone who has decided to align themselves with another person in order to become capable of doing what that person does and live their lives like that person lived their life. That's what it means to be a disciple. And so, you know, that doesn't automatically sort of come along with your salvation. You get to make choices. Um, salvation is a cool thing. It's a gift. Um, but now where we go with that is a whole other issue. And, and, and yet, in order to really experience life, I mean, that's the coolest deal. That's a, you know, salvation. Now we've got eternity straightened out. But what do we do with life? And we have to make some sort of shifts in our thinking, in the process, um, that, that life... It's found in being, not doing. Jesus said this, uh, in the, uh, actually Luke wrote it in the book of Acts, Acts 20, 35. The Lord Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, that didn't make it into the notes. And it's an interesting verse because if you read the Gospels, you can't actually find Jesus saying it. This is the only reference we have Luke saying Jesus said it. Um, but but uh, they, they believe that Jesus said it by oral tradition. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So, and there's that word blessed again. And, and when you hear blessed, you need to think about real life. See, real life is in this attitude of, of giving, not receiving. And that's where the big shift has to happen. That's when we go from, from having to being, when we start realizing it's not about all the stuff that we have, it's about being in relationship with God and with others, and out of that relationship then comes the things that he calls us to, and as we start to do those things, we actually find the life that we've been wanting all along, thinking culturally that it comes from having, but it never works. Having doesn't work. You can have and have and have and have, and it never works. It'll never satisfy you the way that the life with Jesus will. Now, I'm not picking on having stuff. We've had this discussion. We'll continue to have it. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Um, I always say this. As long as you have stuff and your stuff doesn't have you. The moment your stuff has you, you got too much stuff. And by that I mean the moment you're spending your entire life trying to keep your stuff working or running or whatever, it's, it's upside down. It's got to be the other way around. It should be serving you. As long as your stuff's serving you, fine. As soon as you're serving your stuff, big issue. Scripturally, we know you can't serve two masters. So don't let your stuff be one of your masters, all right, in the process. So... 
So this life then is what uh, the di disciples experience and it's the life that we're called to, to be his disciples now to live the life that he leads us to. So with that in mind then, how does that apply to being a disciple of Jesus? What does Jesus do? Well, we just spent 16 weeks talking about that, that he lives naturally supernatural. And he demonstrated for us what the kingdom of God, what kingdom of God living looks like. Uh, he applies the kingdom of God to the encounters that he has with people for their good. And he makes it possible for them to enter the kingdom as well. That's really the, the you know, what he was doing. And all those things that we looked at, all those encounters, that's what he was doing. He was introducing the kingdom of God and its power. Uh, and, and he was doing it for people's good. And then ultimately making a way for them to come into the kingdom of God as well. And, and as his disciples were to do what he did. So uh, as, as a way of introduction, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Some, some ideas I want to lay down, and then we'll dig deeper in in the weeks ahead. So one of those things it means, being his disciples, means doing, first thing you're going to know this, we talk about it all the time, the next right thing. Always a good thing to talk about, because so I talk about it every week. I think it's foundational to everything we do. And as disciples, that's one of the things. And try and make it simple. Okay, lots of choices to make every day. I want to do the next right thing. And um, we got a checklist from Peter some time ago that I wanted to talk about again about helping us making good decisions. First Peter 2.17 says, Show proper respect to everyone, love the brotherhood of believers, fear God, and honor the king. And I said in there, there's four, if you don't remember, there's four little things that you ought to be running through your brain when you're trying to figure out what the next right thing is if you have a question. And there's four things, this little list, and you should, this is one of the lists you should keep with you and think about all the time. Pretty simple, it's, it's this. A, is it respectful? Is what you're about to do respectful? Does it show proper respect to everyone? Everyone. That's one of those words that we've defined over and over again. It means everyone. Um, does it see the beauty of their potential? Um, does it treat them with respect? Are you treating them the way that you want to be treated? See, this is the golden rule sort of thing. Remember, we've talked about this over and over again. We're to treat people the way we want to be treated, not to respond to the way they treat us, you know, in kind. Uh, no matter how they treat you, you want to treat them the way you want to be treated. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, and so, you know, is it respectful of others? You ask yourself that. Is it loving is the second thing that you ask yourself. We're to love the brotherhood of believers. Um, and we've talked about this, that, that one of our greatest witnesses in this world is our love for God and our love for others who love God. And are we doing that? And are the decisions we're making doing that? Uh, and, and we need to ask ourselves, is, is what I'm about to do loving? Is it a loving thing that I'm about to do? Is it respectful? Is it loving? Third little question, it's uh, good to ask, see, is it godly? The scripture tells us to fear God. It doesn't mean we're being afraid of him. It means that you know, we're to remember that he's God. And, and is what we're about to do one that would please God? That's, that's pretty much, if you get to that, if you ask yourself that question and you, you, you can, if you can say yes to that one, you're probably okay. But you know, there's no, you've got to be honest with the answer in that one. Is well, this going to please God or is it really all about me? That's the biggest point, right? And when it's all about me, that's sin. And then finally, uh, is it legal? And I always toss that one in there because um, we get in trouble by telling rational lies. 
You've heard me use that word before. When rationalized are just rational lies that we tell um, about doing things that we're not supposed to do. And, and so it's a great test. Is this legal? And, and what are the repercussions in, in doing it? And it's, it's really not our opinion. It's just what's legal. These are the things that we have to run through in the course of our lives. And, and uh, you know, on another note, though, just because something is legal doesn't mean it's godly. And so... Um, because some people will do things that are, that are not godly because they say they're legal. Um, and yet, you know, if you look at that scripture I was just into, we're called to, to fear God but to honor the king. And so the trump is always on God's side. Uh, if God says don't do it, don't do it even if it's legal. All right? But if it's not legal, don't do it. So that's the balance in the process. All right. But, uh, you know, that's a great review. But see, the life of a disciple is more than just not doing what's wrong, right? Uh, that sounded funny. It's about becoming the person that God created and called us to be. And, and that's where um, real life is found is in that process, and it's what makes living as a disciple so important. And there's a couple of concepts that we have to have that we're going to dig into uh, in the weeks ahead. The, and so the second point is we have to understand Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And those aren't just words. There's a, there's a different meaning behind the words. 2 Peter 1, 1 and 2 uh, says this. Simon Peter, and this is out of the King James Version, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained a like precious faith, faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, um, Two titles there for Jesus, Savior and Lord. Savior, uh, if you were to look up the word in the original language, means deliverer. It means deliverer. And Lord means uh, the supreme in authority. And so as our Savior, he's delivered us. He's done what's necessary for our salvation. We've talked about that. And that's what he did at the cross and defeating death and and that he's made a way for us back to God. He has saved us because we needed to be saved. He's our savior. Lord means that he's to be the supreme authority in our lives. And see, this is sometimes where we, where we're, this is what we're learning all about. See, the, the salvation part is cool. We like that part. That's a, that's a really cool deal. That's, I don't know who wouldn't like that deal. Seriously, it's the best deal in the universe. Who wouldn't like to know and understand that you've been completely forgiven and your relationship has been restored to God? And that all you did was say thank you for the gift and accept it in faith. That was your part of it. Jesus did all the work. I mean, it's, the, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing deal. But the Lord part, see, this is where we had to go, okay, you did all that for me, so now I just want to do what you want me to do. I want to, I'm not trying to earn anything because you've already given it to me. It's already mine. But in response to this amazing thing that you've given me, uh, here I am. I want to live for you. I want to report to you every day. And really the idea is we're supposed to live this life with a perspective shift that, that understands that as we get going every day, we're kind of reporting in for duty. And, and, and Lord, what is it that you want from me today? And then what you need to get out of that is that that's not a chore and that's not no fun. That's life. That's where life is found. That's where real life is found. Checking in for duty and, and doing what he wants you to do is where you experience life. 
See, that's the, that's the whole thing. Remember he said, remember he talked in those things that didn't make sense. If you want to find life, you've got to lose it. But the life he's telling you to lose isn't, isn't worth living. It was the one you needed to save from anyway. And there's nothing left in it. It's empty. The things that we pursued are empty. But see, a life in pursuit of him means something, does something. It's, it's an amazing thing. And it's, it's where it's found where, where life is really found, where the blessed life we were talking about is found. So what we have to think about and look at as the third point uh, is the heart of a disciple. What is the heart of a disciple? Because as we realize what took place and what Jesus has done for us, our hearts ought to be getting changed from kind of the selfish, self-centered ways that we have lived to the selfless place that we're called to. And it's a process. So that's why I, talked, I started with doing the next right thing. Because we're, we're you're going to battle some sin in your life. You're going to make some bad choices. You're going to continue to go after what you want instead of what God wants throughout your life. Hopefully we do better and better and better and better. As we kind of go, well, that's, there's no life to be found there. It's empty and, and we learn it over time. But then we chase other things and we get off track. And, and that's, thank God for his grace and his mercy because he loves us and he helps us and the spirit of God's teaching us all the time and developing fruit in us, we, we get that. But see, it's the heart. And, and the heart in a true disciple changes. The heart changes. There's, there's a definite heart change. And there's a couple of parables in Matthew that, that illustrate the heart change. Matthew 13, they're both in Matthew 13. They're, they're one scripture and, and two scriptures apiece. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. And again, in Matthew 13, 45 and 46, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls, and when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. See, those pictures, those parables, are painting a picture of the heart of a disciple. When you finally realize what's happened in coming to Christ, when you finally get it, that it was more than this really neat deal of, of eternal life, which is really a neat deal, and your forgiveness is really neat stuff, new start, all really neat. When, you, when it finally dawns on you that this is, this is the, the most amazing thing that could have happened, that, that there's nothing like this, that the God of the universe wants to be in relationship with you, cares about you, wants to hang out with you, wants to give you a life that will, will change you and the world around you because that's what he does. Once you get that, you realize that there's nothing else that even begins to compare. There's nothing else worth pursuing. There's nothing else worth going after like that. There's nothing like it. And it becomes your wholehearted pursuit in life. And, and that's what these guys are talking about. That's what's happening. When they get it, it's like, Get rid of everything else. I'm coming after you. That's what I'm going to do. Because that's where life is. And see, that's all of us deep down want real life. All of it, you were created for it. God made you to come to that realization in, in your life. That, that now that you know Jesus and he knows you, that if you'll just follow him and do what he did, you'll experience the kind of life he's called you to instead of all the struggling and the strife and the mess and the, the stuff that we go through and the, and the you know, 
the process, it's so difficult that, that weighs us down so badly. Um, there's something else. And it's shocking in its ultimate simplicity when you get it. It's like, oh, that verse up on the wall. Can't see it on TV, sorry. But Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. See, the, there's something in there that, you, that has to engage and click into your mind. And when it does, everything starts to change. And everything looks different. And you're, you're, the way you look at life looks different. And that's what he's calling us all to. So um, the heart of a disciple realizes that life is found in the kingdom with Jesus. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this series, developing the heart of a disciple as we work through the gospel of Matthew together to see what it is that disciples do. And so that's the introduction to this new series. And uh, if you're watching on video, thanks for watching. If you're on television, God bless you. If you need anything, call us, write us, email us, uh, go to our website, whatever you need to do. There's the information. And uh, we'll do whatever we can for you. But we're going to close here tonight with prayer.